Now, sometimes it takes an event before people start trying to put their family puzzles together. The answers themselves, they might not be that hard to find. I had a child at 18, <laughs> and suddenly I needed to know my medical history. There was only one boy born the day I was born, and he did not have a first name. Actually, the girl that found that information said you should look on adoption support forums. Within hours, I stumbled across Carol Brobeck. Here's a Brobeck who gave a child up for adoption in 1980. <laughs> I was born baby boy Brobeck in 1980. Pretty sure this is her. It was 19. I um, fell in love with a boy in college. We broke up. After we broke up, I found out I was pregnant. I had to tell my parents in the fashion of my family, which is to not speak to each other. I wrote a letter and left it on their pillows. I said I couldn't think of anything to do but adoption, knowing how much I had disappointed them. I was actually hoping that they would say, well, this is the start of the conversation. But they said, well, you're absolutely right. My father came down, called me a slut and a tart, and dialed the social services. I think they had an awfully hard time looking me in the eyes for the next three months. If they did, what would they see? They would see the unmaking of me the making of everybody, I suppose. While she worked at the Folger Shakespeare Library, actually I placed a call and asked for Carol Brobeck. They transferred me right away and I hung up. Being a naive 18-year-old, sort of thinking, well, if I'm going to go introduce myself to somebody who may or may not be ready to see me. I hoped he was healthy. I mean, that was just so important to me. I hope he's tall, not short and fat like the rest of us. Whether they like it or not, I'm going to introduce myself. I just wanted him to have the privilege of being totally who he was, whatever he had become. I made it so it was possible to have the very next day off. And I had gotten to work late that day and in a surly mood and it was hot and humid and there was an all-staff meeting at the library. So I shaved, which I'm not want to do. believe I even ironed a shirt and put on, like, you know, my sort of cheap suit that I had at that point. When the meeting was over, 10.45 or so. Politely asked for one Carol Brobeck. And as I was going around the guard's desk, Nathan said to me, Carol, there's someone here to see you. I was still in a pretty bad mood, but I went through this checklist in my mind, and it was, I'm not interviewing any interns. I don't know what this is. The lady at the desk kind of kept looking at me funny. And I thought, first, it must be because of this ridiculous suit that I'm wearing. The more she looked at me, the more I thought, oh, no, she knows exactly who I am, <laughs> which means that Carol's going to know exactly who I am. And then at that moment, as I was processing that, ding. And I turned around, and there was this beautiful young man in a suit and a tie and an earring, and I looked at him, and, and I, I did my checklist again, and then I also did this, oh, don't go there, don't go there, don't go there, don't go there. And it, yeah, it was obvious she knew right away exactly. But I was telling myself not to go there. That is one of the fantasies that I've had for years. I kind of walked over towards him, and, and, and I extended my hand. And I also had my cigarettes with me. We went outside. Thank God she was a cigarette smoker, because <laughs> I was too, and I needed one. And he said, um, 
you didn't get my email, did you? And I said, no, I'm I'm sorry. I, I got into work late. I haven't even turned my computer on. And I didn't get to tell her who I was. She just sat down quietly. I sat down next to her. And then he said, you don't know me, do you? And I said, well, the thing is, I, I think I do, but should I know you as I think I know you? And he said, uh-huh. And I said, it's your birthday, December 26, 1980. Were you born December 26, 1980? And I said, yep. And um, I'm, it was amazing I didn't pass out and kill myself on the marble steps. I was shaking and staring at him and shaking and feeling weak in the knees and stupefied, happily stupefied. And I looked at him and I said, you're alive, you're alive, you're alive. And he pulled me into a hug and he said, yeah, I thought you needed to know that. It's just... You have no idea what it's like to be voluntarily hugged by the child you gave away. And I said, well, if, if you don't have to go back to work, Lord knows I'm not working today. I just remember this kind of visceral jubilation. Pardon my French, but I think it was a holy moment. You know, I, I was just like bouncy. And then she said, you stay right here. And she went in and told her boss. Something's kind of come up here. Uh, I'm going to take a little time this afternoon. Um, where do we go? Um, what do we do? Can I, can I feed you? Can I buy you brunch or lunch or whatever? Can I feed you? That's all I could think I wanted to do was let me feed myself. And uh, we went to some diner. So we went down to Jimmy T's on 5th and East Capitol. Sat down and talked, and she just asked question after question. I couldn't eat it all. It was like, bite of toast, swig of coffee, bite of toast, swig of coffee. Just staring at me. Where have you grown up, you know? And he, he told me that day that I had this two-year-old granddaughter. I think that excited her. I guess the apple doesn't fall far from the tree, though, right? I was 18 with a kid. Here I was. And so I ended up walking him down to where he'd parked down by the Washington Monument. and I had gotten what I needed, and she had only scratched the surface on what she needed. And then I had to watch him drive away. But I didn't know I had really any needs until she developed those curiosities instantly in me. I don't know if I'll ever see him again, but I know his name. <laughs> I'll never lose him again. I think we might have had our... Maximum. I mean, that there was like, this can go on forever, but it can't get better right now. It can only go on forever. Now, the meeting reference between Joel and Carol occurred 10 years ago and the two are still very much in touch. In fact, Carol recently danced at her son's wedding, and the two remain close. I love it. A version of the story produced by Shay Shackelford and Virginia Millington won a documentary award at the 2010 Third Coast Radio Competition. Thanks as well to Miss Stephanie Fu, our own Stephanie Fu. Now stay tuned to Snap Judgment, because next up, we've got mystery 
international intrigue, laughter, tears, and the hardest decision one woman has ever had to make. All this, you're for the asking, right after the break. 